On today's show, you've heard us harp on proposals over and over again. We think that usually they're a waste of your time. But if you're not sending proposals, then what? How do you pitch your services to new clients? Well, there's a more efficient way to do it, and we unpack it with today's guest, Tim, on this episode of Freelance to Founder. Here we go. I'm Preston. And I'm Clay. And this is Freelance to Founder. Clay and I have both been there, barely making ends meet as a freelancer, knowing there has to be more. But since then, we've each built multiple six or seven figure businesses. And now it's your turn. On this show, we're changing the lives of everyday freelancers just like you. Discovering this podcast a few months ago really like changed the trajectory of my journey. I'm not sure I would even be thinking about pushing this forward as much as I am if it weren't for YouTube. This has been really helpful and I, I think a good mindset shift for me. Really, really valuable stuff. I've made a ton of notes and I plan to put this stuff into action immediately. Discovering that I'm a founder instead of freelancer has been amazing for me. If you're ready to push past hourly rates and build a business that sets you free, then you've got to join us. You can call in yourself by visiting freelance2founder.com. We can't wait to chat with you. We'll be back with today's caller after this. When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. That's the sound of a sale being made on your new Shopify store. And while client payments may require weeks or months of work, you can start generating a semi-passive income to grow your business by setting up a Shopify store all of your own. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your latest designs on shirts or bags or adding something totally different to your business, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You can sell online, you can sell in person, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. With Shopify, you can set up your store in minutes and start selling immediately. And Shopify's award-winning support is there to help you as you go. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash freelance. That's all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash freelance to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash freelance or click the link in our show description and start waking up to this. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language. Order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. My name is Preston Lee with Milo.co and joining me on the air as always today is my good friend Clay Mosley from GetDripify.com. Hey Clay. What's up Preston? What is up man? You're in another new office. <laughs> you were telling me? Uh, yeah. So that's good. Be- a better one, bigger one. Quieter one. Yeah, less quieter one. <laughs> quieter one. More importantly. <laughs> you know, that's, I mean, it's a big deal even when you're not a podcaster, but when you're a podcaster, it's like, I need a quiet space that I can just have a conversation with someone. But yeah, you like it so far a, then? A, control, a controllable space, right? I can yes, control yeah. all the, the, yeah. uh, the acoustics and the audio. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah good. 
Good, good. And also joining us on the air is our new friend, Tim. Hey, Tim, welcome to the show. How's it going, gentlemen? Thanks for having me. Well, thank you so much for being here. As many of you know, uh, we this show is all about you guys, our listeners. Tim is a listener of the show. You told us you've been listening over the summer and uh, time of recording. It's late November. And uh, just thank you for listening, Tim. And and listeners, if you want to join us on the show, we'd love to have you as well. You just visit freelance2founder.com. And you scroll to the bottom of the page, fill out a couple questions, pick a day and time, and we can chat about your business, hopefully help you solve some problems as well. Um, but Tim, why don't you start us off, tell us a little bit about your business, who your clients are, how long you've been in business, just kind of paint a picture for us and for the listeners. Yeah, I guess I'll just take you back to the beginning of this year, 2023. Um, so I, I wrote a book that I've been working on for many years, just a little novel that I had fun writing. And I knew that I was going to have a little bit of income coming in from that. So my plan was to set up an LLC for myself. So I had to separate the business revenue from my regular um, W-2 job. And so um, in doing that, I, I also have a hockey podcast that generates a little bit of revenue as well. So I was kind of thinking, okay, I'll have a separate like formal LLC to have my business income that's separate from my regular my job. And, and, and in doing that, I kind of realized that I had some aspirations to pick up some freelance work for the year. And so um, fast forward through the summer months and everything, I just through word of mouth and just letting some old former friends and clients know that I was available, picked up a little bit of business um, and it just picked up some steam and not enough quite yet to like, you know, match the salary, but enough that I was ready to take the leap. And so just about six weeks ago, I quit my job to pursue this full time, both focusing on the podcast and uh, my freelancing business. And the business itself is I'm kind of a marketing generalist, but a focus on SEO. I love it, man. I love it. Congratulations. Six weeks in. It's a big deal. Yeah, brand new. Yeah. Also, also, I have to pause here and say, uh, Clay, did you hear a little bit of Boston come out there? He like got down to business. Yeah, and we were teasing. I did. We were teasing. Yeah. <laughs> we you were know, teasing you know Tim because so he was is... telling us he was from Boston, and and I was like, I don't hear the accent, you know. Tim, when you got down <laughs> when... to business, man, Boston started coming out. <laughs> you know, when when people, this is for all accents. When people get like get emotional or like or uh, passionate about something, yeah, accents always come out. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally. I was like, whoa did not hear it before and then all of a sudden like yeah something about your your passion or your excitement it just it came right out and there it was so but that's fun man um so exciting six weeks in that's a big deal so doing seo work is there a particular kind of client you're you mostly work with like do you work with local clients online clients uh do you mostly work with mom and pop shops or maybe bigger places do you kind of have that dialed in or is i mean it's still super early so yeah, it's still super early. All my clients have been virtual, so nothing local. I, I'm not that tapped mm. into the market where I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. I've only been here about two years, not even. So I'm not super yeah. tapped into that yet. But I, most of my clients have just been through referrals of, of former clients or people I used to work with. Um, and I, I'm trying to shy away from those little mom and pop shots only because the local SEO is just such a different game than like what I know, mm. um, which is more focusing on like you know the, the, the wider keywords and and website health and that sort of thing and those companies that i've talked to want help with like their google business page and that sort of thing which just isn't something that i really know or do yeah yeah that's an interesting an interesting difference that i've heard a lot of seos talk about it's like if you're a local seo guy meaning when someone searches your business google shows you know shows your business first and like on the map and everything 
That's yeah. local SEO, right? For people listening who are not familiar with it. And that's a whole different ballgame than the SEO that I also am familiar with and Clay's familiar with, which is like way more content driven, um, problem solution type stuff. So, okay, super interesting. Cool. So, so um, you know, as, as listeners know, when you come on the show, we have you fill out this questionnaire, you put on a scale of one to 10, one being a complete freelancer, 10 being a founder of a company, uh, you put where you're at and where you'd like to be. And Tim, you put that you're currently at a two. I think that matches perfect with what I've heard so far. You'd like to be at a four. So you'd like to move a little closer to being a founder, maybe building in some processes. But why don't you paint a picture for me and Clay of where you hope your business is maybe six or 12 months from now? Yeah. And, and I put that and a lot of listeners have done like, you know, higher numbers, eight or 10 or whatever, but I don't really have aspirations of, of building a company. And that's what I think of when I think of the word founder. Um, my, my, you know, my, what I'm thinking right now is just to be a freelancer. And so the two to four just yeah. represents a, a larger um, book of business and more predictable revenue. Um, and just having a better understanding of like, like I said, I'm still in the proof of concept stage. So having a better understanding of what the clients need, how I can help, what my niche is and how I, how I'm generating new business. But I don't really feel like I need to go and think about hiring people or bringing in writers or anything like that because I'm mm. trying to keep it more contained and um, yeah, I would say contained. Yeah. 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 Nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. We've had actually a few guests recently where they're like, you know what? I'm not sure I want to build, you know, a 20, 30, 40, 50 person agency. I might just want to just have it be me or maybe me and a couple other people, some subcontractors or something. Mm -hmm. So absolutely nothing wrong with that. We get people coming on the show all the time and here's what they say. I know you guys preach the importance of hiring, but where do I even start in order to hire the right person? Well, here's your answer. Start with LinkedIn jobs. I've used LinkedIn to hire members of my team, and here's why you should too. First of all, it's super fast. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Imagine this time tomorrow, you could be interviewing your next team member. Plus, LinkedIn isn't just a job board, it helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Over 70% of active LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not hiring on LinkedIn, you're really missing out. My favorite part, posting a job on on LinkedIn is completely free. Like I said, I've done it myself and it took like 10 minutes. It didn't cost me a thing. And suddenly I had tons of qualified applicants to pick from. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. There's definitely, so, um, there's definitely, uh, <laughs> I've been on both sides. <laughs> so yeah. there are pros to cons to both. Um, but I can mm. certainly, I'm on, right now I'm on the side of, I, I like working by myself. <laughs> yeah, part so, of what I, why I did this it? too. Huh? Yeah, sorry, go ahead, Tim. Well, part of why I did this is like, so the, the podcast takes up a lot of time and, and I love doing it. I love hockey. It's just a lot of fun interacting with listeners and seeing the show grow, as I'm sure you guys know too. Um, and so getting, you know, diving deeper into that while also creating more time for writing and just doing the work that I love doing, like the agency I left behind is great company, great clients, great people to work with. But I just wasn't that interested in the industry and, and just some of the work I was assigned to do. Uh, my passion wasn't there. And I really love the, the SEO side of it. And I really love the teaching element that comes with it. Um, because as you guys know, this it's just it can be a black box for a lot of business owners and even a lot of experienced mm. marketers where they, they know like you got to find the keywords. They know you got to write content, but they don't really have a clear picture of like 
what it takes to rank for those keywords or what kind of needs to happen like on the technical side of your website to make sure that it's healthy and organized in a way that search engines look for. And so like when I'm, a lot of my clients so far have been, um, you know, working directly with like the president of a small company or a, a marketer and or maybe an older marketer who doesn't know like some of the, the newer trends um, and seeing the light bulb moments when I'm teaching some of this stuff um, has been really rewarding. So that's what I've really kind of leaned into so far. Hmm. Yeah, super cool. I love that. So tell us, what are what are some hurdles you're facing then, Tim? How can Clay and I help you today? Do you have any questions you'd like to bounce off of us? Yeah, I've got a couple. And, and it's weird to say because it is so new. And even though I've been doing this, you know, my first freelance project probably went back to March this year. So six, seven months ago. But so much of it is still new. I've only been full time for a month and a half. So I almost don't have questions and I kind of want to just get advice from you guys on, on where, how I should think about getting new clients, organize my business, all that sort of thing. But one of the, the specific ones that I'd like to run by you is um, most of my work so far has been contract based. Um, little projects where it's just sort of uh, uh, a lot of SEO audits, which you know is a kind of a loaded term because it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But the way I do it usually takes three to four weeks to, to develop. And I kind of pitch it or I present it to the client at the end and then they take it and share it internally. Sometimes there's a follow up meeting if they have questions. But um, I really like those because I like the idea of, like I said, of teaching and showing them like, okay, on your site, you've got all these broken links. You've got duplicate title tags. Your your sitemap isn't set up correctly. That's hurting your ability to rank. And then if you want to be found by people who aren't already looking for you, because so many of them are ranking for like branded keywords, you know, and they are at least ranking in the high in the high keywords for branded terms, and so like teaching them like content strategy and 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 all that stuff. And I just love I love that I kind of want to be like um, like uh, I don't know, just come in, teach, give them the plan, and then step out um, and let them do the work to fix the site. You know, bringing their developers to improve it, bringing their writers to write uh, according to the content strategy that I've delivered. And and I because I'm not really particularly interested, even though I have a background in writing, uh, I don't really want to build a business being a freelance writer as much as I can avoid it just because it's it's so time consuming. Um, it takes a lot of work and and it's just hard to it's, it's, a, it's a lot easier, I think, to find a writer for a company than it is to find someone who knows SEO. And mm. so I'd like to do as many of those types of projects as possible. But the challenge of that is, and I've heard in your show many times, that the, the name of the game when freelancing or running a small agency is is MRR. And how do you think about like recurring revenue if my ideal client is is a four-week project? You know what I mean? How do I turn some of that into recurring revenue without taking on just a whole bunch of blog writing and things like that? Mm, yeah. That's a good question. And I'll, I'll let Clay answer here, but I have just one thing before he starts in, and that is... Um, always like no matter what someone comes to us they say how do I figure out what a good MRR monthly monthly recurring revenue model would be for my business right the the and it sounds so simple when you say it but sometimes we forget to take this step and that is you have to put yourselves in the shoes of your clients and say to yourself what value do I need on an ongoing basis Mm -hmm. right instead what we do sometimes is we go backwards and we say like what what service can I provide on an ongoing basis Instead, what value does your client need on an ongoing basis? And again, it's it feels really simple, but if you shift your paradigm a little bit that way, then you can say like, oh, the reality is they do need you know four blog posts a month or something. And if that's not a service I want to provide, then 
then that particular MRR is not available to me, right? I can't, I can't like force something that's, that's not a need or a, or a value that, that they appreciate. Now I would say with your, um, with your like strategy and your action, action plan that, well, that was one small, one small thing I was going to bring up is I wouldn't use the word audit just because so many SEOs use audits as like a lead magnet. So I would mm-hmm. say like an action plan or a strategy plan or something like that, that sounds a little more actionable, a little more high level anyway. Um, but with that, with the, those strategy plans, like you could have a big one in the beginning, but then it could be like every month I'm going to check back in on your progress and make more recommendations or, or let you know if this, if this thing that I recommend before that you did is working, it seems like you could do like a monthly health check where it's maybe not as robust as that first time, but it, but it's checking back in and saying like, yeah, because you changed this thing and this thing that I asked you to change now you're ranking for this in this term. And not only mm-hmm. is that providing value on a monthly basis, but it's like, it's like securing for yourself more business each month because they're like, Oh, well, what he said to do actually worked. I can't wait to see what he says to do next month. So that would be, if it were me, if, if you really want to stick to the strategy side of it, to me, it would be like a monthly check-in slash update slash more tasks to be done to continue to, to grow. Clay, do you have any thoughts on that? I know you've worked in the SEO space and, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. What do you, what do you think? Yeah. Um, so just to clarify, you don't want to do done for you stuff. Like, you don't well, it's, that. I'm trying to get out of trading my time for money in this. And, and yeah. part of like, like what I said is like, I love the podcast. I love writing. I love this teaching element of SEO. Um, so I don't want to get back into a game where I'm just another freelance writer. Cause there's so many out there. And, and I feel like there's other ways that I can provide value. Okay, so let's clarify. You don't want to be a freelance writer or you don't want to trade time for money or both? Um, I guess both is how I'm thinking about it right now. Okay. Because I actually agree with Preston. If you don't want to do if – you, if, if your answer was just you don't want to be a freelance writer, um, I would agree with Preston and say – you need to provide some sort of tracking uh, monthly service, right? Like a progress report Mm -hmm. um, of sort something. And my only tidbit here is don't, don't do an auto generated thing. Um, Because to me, anybody can just go sign up for some software that does that shit. Right. Um, What the value you would be providing is, you would actually manually look at it and get manually come up with your own recommendations on things to change that's super personal and custom to them. It's not just an auto-generated, oh, here's your rankings for the month. Um, now, the issue with that is that that is trading time for money, right? Because you still got to do something. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it is one-on-one. So the my only recommendation, if you don't want to just trade time for money and you want it to be super scalable, but at the same time, you don't want to do done for you work is you have to do some sort of group coaching, in my opinion. Keyword group. Or some kind of group something, right? Yeah. So that's where like, if, if you're going to do coaching or consulting, doing one-on-one, again, is trading time for money. Um, it's not scalable. You only have a finite amount of hours every week, right? 
um, which means it's a finite number of one-on-one -on -one clients you can take on. But if you do group to where you have a weekly group coaching call where people hop on a group Zoom and you go over, uh, you can do a couple of things. Um, I actually think you ought to do both where you can go over the latest like SEO trends, right? Industry, the newest stuff. And you can try to help workshop. I think that's where a good value is. You can help people workshop some things right on the call. This is what I do um, is people can, you know, there, there might be like 20, 30, 40 people on the call. And as people are stuck on their SEO, they're like, man, I've been like, I've been stuck on the same, I, I can't figure out how to rank higher than what I am. I've been stuck in the same ranking for six months. How do I do it? You can have them share their screen and like, let's workshop it through while everybody else is watching and then people can take their turn. Now, obviously, you know, you can't take everybody's call, you know, so it's, it's kind of a, it would have to be like a queued system. So first come first serve. I have nine, 60 to 90 minutes every Tuesday, you know, and if, if you can start off with a one weekly call, but as more people get questions and if you find the trend of, yeah, I'm running out of time, but people still have questions, you can add a second call. You know what I mean? Or a third call. But the fact is, is that if it's group coaching, like you have so much time to do group calls during a week. Does that make sense? It does. And I, I like that idea. And I think I maybe need to rethink that concept of trading time for money because maybe what I'm mm. meaning by it isn't the same way that uh, maybe it's not the right, I don't know, the term for it. But I guess what I'm trying to do is get out of uh, ongoing work that's just time consuming. I think that's a better way of putting it. Like Getting like out of writing. done for you work. I guess Project so, work. yeah. Yeah, like writing. And so like the one retainer client I have now, um, start. I started off with an audit back in like May or June or something. They really liked it and they brought me on for some um, ongoing SEO work where you're just kind of optimizing some of their core pages every month. And then it kind of turned into um, a regular, like we're building a marketing program for them now. And I'm running that account and I really like it. Um, and it's a little bit more time consuming than I would have thought. Um, but I'm hoping to, you know, to uh, get a higher revenue or higher retainer in the new year. But basically, mm. like it's 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 nice to be able to put some of those skills because I'm kind of a generalist because I've worked at um, marketing agencies over the last five or six years or something like that. So I kind of know a little bit of everything and I'm doing a lot of stuff that's not SEO related, like email newsletters and and building like a new WordPress site and that sort of thing. Um, and so I'm totally open to that. I'm totally open to I, I just don't want to yeah like get stuck into a um, really writing, even though as much as much as I love it, it's just not what I want to do with this business. OK, so you're open to done for you work. You just don't want to do the writing. I think that's probably it. Yeah. OK, well, that. that to me, that's an easy solution. You just go find somebody to outsource that to or yeah. make an introduction. Yeah. And that's, yeah, how, the, you overcome, the, that's how you overcome the, the trading time for money thing, right? Because, mm -hmm. um, it, you know, as far as it's really hard when you say, I don't want to, and, and again, I know you've, you've clarified this a little bit more, but this, this idea of like, I don't want to trade time for money, but I also just want my business to just be me. There are, in my mind, there are only a, a few ways you can do that. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. um, you you either build like a SaaS that 
the time you work on the SaaS product is not a direct, does not have a direct correlation to the number of subscribers or users that you have, or you develop some sort of model like that, like like what Clay's saying, where you could you could technically have, you know, an in infinite amount of clients that are getting on a call and you're still spending the same amount of time no matter what but that you know that that's only a sort of a pseudo solution because like he said you're going to have to add more calls at some point like if you had a thousand clients on a call that's just not going to work right so right i think yeah i think just getting some clarity on on what you mean by i i don't want to trade my time for money that is important and so i appreciate you you bringing that up because i think a lot of us say that right like i just don't want to trade and and I think there's I think there's maybe middle ground between completely removing the time factor from your payment and and to me and again we know we know you don't want to hire but but to me that's that's one way to do it is to say like um, I'm just going to outsource all of these tasks that I don't like doing I'm going to hire a, a writer or two and um, and I'm going to get paid whether I spend time writing or not. I don't know, but, but if you're, if you're completely against hiring writers. The only other solution is you create a course. Or or an asset, right? An asset that you sell over and over again. Some sort of digital asset where you've, once you've created it, it's done and you can sell it to 10,000 people and won't take up more of your time. Yeah, I thought about that. And I kind of have like, so most of my business so far is coming through referrals, like I said, and and I've thought a little bit about, you know, long term growth and finding people that don't already know me. And and, and I think it's going to be content driven to start. I'll probably do some ads at some point, too. But like trying to own a a couple areas like pillar pages and things like that, where I can really just drive a lot of organic traffic um, through, you know, um, the SEO terms that I feel like I can win on. And so that's going to be part of it too. But yeah, I like the idea of having something that I can sell, maybe run ads to and um, something that like teaches and helps them help themselves to where I'm not trading time. Like I said, um, yeah, I'm open to that idea too. That's a lot harder than, than people think though. No, I know it's so saturated now. It's, it's uh yeah. And just getting it well, off the ground. Yeah. Plus like, I'm going to tell you like just selling a course too is not, it's not monthly recurring. It's, you know, you're starting over every month if you're selling a course for a one-time fee, you know? So, like, if you need to sell, let's say, for example, if you need to sell 30 courses in a month to be able to pay all your bills and pay yourself, well, guess what? You got to sell 30 courses next month. You know what I mean? Yeah, as I think about that and as I think about the group coaching, I, I think it's 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 getting away from really what I what I enjoy most and where I think I provide the most value. And that goes back to and I know this kind of goes counter against what I said in the beginning, but like the one on one coaching teaching mm-hmm. moments where like I'm going deep. I'm like, hey, you know what? Did you know that? Yeah, you've got 400 pages on your site, but 98 percent of traffic doesn't get past your homepage. Like and their their mm-hmm. minds are blown and I'm showing them the data that shows that, you know, and like, okay, what we need to do is lift these other pages and get the right things happening there so that they're coming in on different uh, different pages on your site and different entry points and things like that. Conversion rate optimization, making sure the pages are optimized in a certain way that's going to get uh, the right clicks, the right conversions, all that. Like, And this is the stuff that most people don't know. Um, even some experienced marketers struggle with this sometimes, or at least they understand it, but they don't have the time to do it. And so that's the stuff that I really enjoy um, helping clients through. And so maybe I'm thinking instead of a project based saying like, hey, instead of here's what here's what 
what'll happen over the next six weeks and here's what it costs like turning that into a, a lower six month retainer where we knock off these things one mm-hmm. at a time is maybe a better mm-hmm. way to think about it yeah i like i could picture uh, you know a 12 month program where and and maybe there's an option you know after that to continue but maybe it's a 12 month program where it's like look month one we're gonna we're gonna tackle this together and and we're gonna we're gonna repair you know all the all the title tag issues on your site and all of the mm-hmm. whatever right you you have a, a bunch of low-hanging fruit you're gonna do month one get see some quick results um to really get them fired up and every month you're sitting down with them quickly and and going over like the results of what you've done together like you said they've maybe done the bulk of the work but you're sort of monitoring results and so I it's kind of like you give them you give them homework right or you teach yeah. them you give them homework they come back in a month and and you review your results together then you teach them something new and then they go do it and then you come back and review the results and they pay for this 12 month it's kind of like a course but it's really more like it's really more it's like, like a consulting it's almost like a fractional yeah that's true it is kind uh, of like fractional CMO. which is yeah yeah that's true or maybe, maybe That's true. Very specifically, like a fractional search officer. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, something like just that. Just a fractional SEO guy. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, you know, they could either pay someone, you know, eighty grand a year to to be an SEO marketing guy at their company full time, or they can pay you a fraction of that, and and they can execute the things that you as a strategist bring in and teach them and tell them. And then every month you're checking in, you could even like get to the point where, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm still pushing back against this hire or you're going to push back against this hiring thing, but you could even hire or somehow automate those reports so that you're really just reviewing and strategizing and meeting with the client. And then a lot of that tedious work um, happens in the background. So it's like every month your person or your software or whoever generates the reports that you need, then you look over them. And then you give that very personalized, have that very personalized meeting with the client. To me, hearing hearing the passion in your voice about about what you're super passionate about, because trading time for money only sucks when you're not passionate about it, right? Um, yeah, that's true. And so the things you're passionate about, to me, that sounds like, and as a client, I would love that. I would love for you to say, here's what you got to do. Because, for example, I'm, as a client, I'm tech savvy enough, I can go fix broken things on my website. I can delete pages. I can add new pages. I can update content, whatever. I can do all that, right? But what I would love is someone to come say, January 2024, you need to do this, 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 and this. And we're going to check back in February and we're going to see how it went. So then I'm accountable to someone. So I actually do it. And then I also know what's a priority, what I should be working on first. And and just someone to like walk me through that process, but me be able to execute. I would love that actually. Yeah, and I really like like you know examples like hey showing them the history of their traffic over the last couple of years because they don't look at it and I'm like hey you had a mm-hmm. major drop off in June 2022 what happened that month and they're like oh that's when we launched our new little microsite it's like okay well you broke something you know like and they're like ah oh, mm-hmm. and then we kind of mm-hmm. look back through those pages and like connecting the dots and getting them back on the right track is just like so valuable especially when you can put put in the context of like their business and their history and what they're done. Um, I just found that very rewarding. But one of the things yeah. is that I know you guys have listened to the show enough to know how you guys feel about proposals and custom proposals. So far, <laughs> it's been um, it's been pretty small. You know, I've done like I probably done like seven, six proposals this year. 
I've landed four of them. I think I've done four projects in one retainer. Um, and the retainer didn't need a proposal. It just turned into some ongoing work. So how do you guys think about like, um, when the numbers are this small, do you, how custom do you get versus trying to come up with like a productization of an entry level SEO project or retainer? How important is that? Do you think? Uh, Preston, do you want to go or do you want me to go? <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I have some thoughts, but I'll follow up. I think this is my philosophy. It's debatable. Okay. I think you ought to have different level product offerings. And I think I mentioned this on a couple episodes, like older episodes, um, that will fit, that will fit your, your audience, no matter what, where they are in the journey. Right. Mm -hmm. So you can go and create like what I call a level one or low tier offer where it's like, and this kind of fits the passive quote unquote passive income kind of thing. Like uh, you can productize it, but this, you can come up with like a full on SEO framework um, that's maybe just a PDF checklist, right? Maybe and that's what I call level zero or a lead magnet. And you can just give that for free, right? They have the full checklist. They can go do whatever they want with it. And then the next level up is you can create a low tier, which is a course, and productize that. Obviously, a course is not going to be custom. It's just like, hey, here's the main framework. It's everything in the checklist, but I'm going to show you in video format how to do it, right? And mm -hmm. you sell that for a low tier. Your mid-tier or maybe your upper tier can be, um, uh, it can be, uh, you know, this is just an option, but maybe the next level up is a mid tier. Maybe that's a group coaching program where it's like, Hey, I'm going to show you how to do the things, but it's a little bit more accountability. It's a little bit more access to me to where I'm going to show you how to do some things, but obviously it's not as custom as the highest tier. Where, it, where it's one-on-one, -on -one, super custom, super personalized, way more access to you and way more work for you. But it's also the highest offer that you, the most expensive offer you have. So no matter what, like if you're, if you are on a sales call with somebody, no matter where they are, you got something to pitch them. You know what I mean? And some of it's productized mm -hmm. and some of it's super custom. It just depends on where they are. In, in, in their business. Does that make sense? It does. I really like that that framework. It makes sense I'd to me. To that, right? um, I, I love the idea of like a tiered thing. I think that can take a lot of time to set up. Uh, and and a lot of a lot of like sort of funnels to manage and emails to manage and a lot of like lead magnets to manage and just a lot of things mm -hmm. to manage. But once it's done, I actually it's done. for sure. And and I'm not saying it's not a good path. I know lots of people who have found a lot of success building that up. Um, I, I actually, I prefer to simplify and I would say like, take, take your proposals that have won, right? You said you've had like four out of seven that have been successful or something like that. Take mm -hmm. the ones that have been successful, figure out what they have in common and then build a landing page that basically mimics those proposals for one thing that you want to sell. And, and the one, you know, like, let's just say, for example, and of course you don't have to go with this, but let's just say, for example, the thing you're going to sell is that monthly strategy, accountability, check-in thing. You got to figure out what to call it. Right. But then yep. you build a landing page that is basically a proposal with a buy button. 
And, and so then a client comes to you and they say, Hey, you know, I want some SEO work done. You say, great, here's what we do for our clients. We do this thing every month. We meet with you. We, we, um, you know, we, we review your results. We give you some homework and you go and execute. And then we meet again in another month. And it's all laid out on that landing page. Um, and you really sell them and you have, you have have not only what you would put in a, what's that? That way you don't have to do proposals. You just turn into a link. One proposal. It's one, it's really one proposal in the form of a landing page. And then also in your, in your landing page proposal, you add your social proof, testimonials from clients, all of the other stuff that you would normally add in, in like a sales pitch, you just put it all in there. Um, and that's where you direct clients to. And then from there, if you want to branch out, then you can start building out lead magnets or lower tier stuff to get them into that big product. But I would I would actually go a little bit reverse and start with the big product, the big offering, and then use the other stuff as a way to get people to that main offering. I like that a lot. Do, do, you, do you guys see that landing page idea being something that would, would you um, hide it in the nav so it's shared only? Would you let them discover it? Um, and then would you focus, would you try to get that to rank organically? Is that just more of a selling page for, um, an audience that's already finding the page? Yeah, I think, I think that depends a lot on, on your own marketing strategy. For me, that, that would be like your, if it were me, it would be my homepage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't need to tell people about my company and who I am and where I started from. I I just need to give them what I'm offering. Here's what I'm offering. I'm not, Mm -hmm. I'm not a brand right? That, that people need to have an affinity for and they need to fall in love with me first. I offer a service and that service is a monthly SEO strategy meeting, check-in, whatever, again, whatever it's going to be called. And here's what I offer, um, you know, and, and take it or leave it kind of situation. And of course, you're going to have, you're going to have social conversations on social media. You're going to have conversations in person with people, but then you're just going to give them your website or it's going to be in your bio or whatever. And people are going to click through and boom, there's your offer and your, your proposal and your landing page is how I would do it. Okay. So yeah, I'm going to start building that this week. Because you already know what works, right? Um, that's what I love about this. You've done some proposals. So there's maybe, <laughs> there's maybe one good reason to do proposals that we've identified. And that is, you, you know, now what, what clients react well to. And so you put that in a landing page, which you already have the chops to do because you're a writer and a marketer. Um, and then it's about how do you get that out to people? Then how do you guys think about like, this change the subject just a little bit, but um, yeah. circling back on some sales conversation that I didn't close, that went positively. It's not like it, it, a lot of it was just not the right time. or And I know people say mm-hmm. that when they're saying no, but um, if I'm following back, say in January after the new year, do you... Would you lower your price and say, "Hey, we can do X, Y, Z instead of five k? It's going to be, you know, three k or two fifty or whatever." Like, or do you? I mean, does that come across as sort of a, a weak, like, "Hey, I really need the money. What can you do for me?" Well, do you need the money? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then I think that's okay. I think early on in your business, you take what you can get. Clay might feel differently, but for me, if if you're like trying to get your feet under you, you take what you can get. So, um, I, I, you know, I. I hesitate to to say like, you know, we let's go cheaper cuz you didn't like the price. You could add there's there's other options to discounting too, right? You could add more value to your offering. You could say like, mm-hmm. "Hey, I know 5 5 grand wasn't going to work for that thing, but what if we did 12 months of strategy instead of 6?" 
right? And so now you're making the same amount of money, but you're offering more value. Um, I think there may be other ways around it, but, but when you're starting out, man, just for me, it's like, get the money in the door, however you can get it. And then you can get a little more picky down the road. That's, that's at least where I stand on it. I don't know. What does that resonate with you, Tim? Or what are you thinking? It does. Yeah. I probably had like, you know, three or four great conversations that just didn't land. I think a lot of it was timing um, or someone else was working with an agency that they didn't like, but they were still under contract with through the end of the year. So I'm going to follow up with a handful of them in, you know, mid January. And I, Mm, and I feel good about closing at least one or two of them. And I'm going to, you know, be willing to be flexible on price to just cause I still like, I, I still don't know. It's still, like I said, proof of concept. It's, it's been so, it's been so new that I don't know yet what it is or, um, yeah. where I can, you know, find the, the most value for my clients. What was the, sorry, I had to step away for a second. What was the, uh, the question like in 10 seconds? Um, dropping the price to go back to someone that I wasn't able to close. What did Preston say? <laughs> I want to know what you say. I don't want to bias your answer. <laughs> uh, I want to see if we agree. The only reason would you, I would, would you discount a price? The only way in this context of somebody you didn't close, mm-hmm. the only way I would I would lower the price is, is if something was taken away. Yeah. Mm. That's it. And like, I said it, that it, kind it, of, I said, or add something to it. So keep the price the same, but instead of six months of strategy, you're doing eight or 12 months of strategy. Yeah. I wouldn't, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, go one way or the other. I, I wouldn't just discount it just, just to see if they'll bite. You know what I mean? Like, mm. mm-hmm. they, but then more- I also said, Clay, he's so young in this. Uh, it's so new that I'm sort of like a get the money in the door. However you can at this stage, like first year it's like, yeah. if, if you're, if it's like this or you got to get a job. Yeah, maybe, maybe you do offer some discounts and see if people will bite because you need the money in the door and you'll get to the point where you won't need it. But for me, yeah. I mean, six weeks in, this is brand new. Even then, like I totally get that, and we've said that multiple times on the show. Like when you got to pay the bills, you just you got to pay the bills. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. And you do whatever you can to pay the bills when you're first starting out. With that mm-hmm. said, with that said, with with you being in startup mode, I would price it to sell. I I don't know, like if you're gonna like discount it and and. and and it be priced low enough to where it's like a no-brainer, like oh duh, just pitch it that way. I so you're saying you know, instead of discounting it, just make it cheaper to begin with. Yeah, and I would be transparent about it too. I would be like, hey, look, I'm just now starting out. I just started my business. This is a price to sell situation. I'm not going to be it's offering. Not always going to be this low. Yeah, it's not going to always be this yeah. low. And this is what I'm pricing it at. And, and I would be transparent about that. And so, but like, once you, once you pitch them that price, I would just stick with that. that. That's just my thing. I wouldn't go back and say, Hey, I know you didn't bite because of this, but what if I offered like, you know, 25% off? I, I wouldn't do that. But that's just me. Yeah. Cause then I, they, I might, like they might just and be I, like, no, hoping that you'll go even lower. Yeah, yeah, it just yeah, it's, it, not, not it's much different. Share. It's much different in so like let's just say you're how much do you sell retainer? 
right now? Uh, so the one I have now, I'm making like sixteen hundred a month on. I'm, I'm part of a little team of freelancers, but I'm that's my cut of it. Okay, sixteen hundred. Um, that's your that's your what like your normal. That's how much you would pitch somebody right now today. Uh, no, because I haven't really even thought about pitching retainers yet, and especially in the context that we've talked about. Most of mine have been project based. Okay, so I haven't if really you, pitched any retainers. If you're talking to me, I'm a business owner. And you want to pitch me a retainer? How much would you pitch me right now? Well, it depends on what's in it. No, but I would try to. Yeah, I would try to shoot for like two k. Two k. Okay, two thousand dollars, and that's your that's your normal price, right? That's what you want. Hmm. So, if you there's a difference between pitching it at two thousand dollars, your normal fee, and like you pitch it to me, I don't bite. So you come back at me and say, you know what? I'll do it for fifteen hundred. Versus, versus if you were to just pitch it to me in the first place and say, look, I'm just, I'm just getting started, but this is my price. I'll pitch it to you for fifteen hundred. There's a difference between those two, even though they're the same price. One has confidence, and one has desperation. Mm, yep. Yeah, you're right even though you're getting the same amount. You know what I mean? Yeah, I really like that. And there's a there's a couple I have in mind that I'm going to try to I'll probably just go smaller and and like you said offer a little bit less and say, "Hey, I really think I can help you cuz this is the client I worked with years ago. I helped build their their SEO and marketing program, I don't know, 4 years yeah. ago, and it's completely dropped off. They've they've cut a lot of their marketing team and I just um, I hate to see that all that work go to waste. So I feel like there's, there's things I can do to help them. And I can just maybe just make it a little bit more narrow and at a cheaper price point. Yeah. And Less I expensive think, you know, if you, price point. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't ever say uh, cheaper. Yeah. cheaper. <laughs> more affordable. Don't ever say cheaper. Also, um, don't, don't ever say, I really think I can help you. I know I can help you. Love that. Okay. Just a couple of sales, sales tidbits there. Yeah, I had the same thought when you said, I think, um, or you just say that it's fact, right? I can help you fix this. Mm-hmm. Um, also, let's see, what else was I going to say? Oh, if so if you're going to develop maybe like a package like we're talking about with a landing page and it's really very productized, that mm-hmm. would also be a good excuse to just go back to these clients and say, hey, I know we had talked about this, this whatever in the past. It maybe wasn't a fit for you. This new thing I've got might be a fit for you. And it's here's what it is, and here's the landing page for it, and and take a look and let me know what you think, right? And that's a good excuse to just, and that can be priced at whatever price point you think, but that's a good excuse to just go back to them, not in a way where you're saying, please, pretty please, it didn't work the first time. Can I take? Can I offer you, you know, the same thing for less money? But it's like, no, there's this other thing. It's a completely different thing. Um, same, some of the same value points, but like it's a different thing that you'd be buying. And, and so, you know, kind of like releasing a new product, going back to mm-hmm. your same customer base with a new product. I love that. Yeah. My, my wheels are spinning now between um, rethinking that audit as, as more of like a game plan or strategy or something like you said mm-hmm. in the beginning. Because mm-hmm. um, that's been a great foot in the door for a lot of companies and, and um, the projects that I've closed so far. And then rethinking how I turn that into a an, uh, recurring revenue. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to start working on you, this tonight. Do you do this audit for free? No. How much no. you charge? Uh, the the ones I've done so far, I've charged three thousand for. Okay. Whew. 
That's awesome. They're they're robust. They they end up being like thirty page documents. So I mean that's so much better than what other SEOs are doing. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, not that one sheet with your broken links. It's it's a lot more sophisticated yeah. or, than that. Or an auto generated <laughs> yeah. bullshit that they put in some software yeah. and say, Hey, here's your audit. Like SEM rush yeah. auto generated um, thing. Yeah. He I would remove the word audit from your vocabulary. I agree. It's just audit okay. is such used a way negative. to Yeah. Oh, that's, that's such a good point too, right? It's like, here's everything that's wrong with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of it, when people yeah. say audit, they think tax audit. Like, no, like get away from that. Um, I actually love the word game plan that you used. Game Tim, plan. Where you say, yeah, like roadmap. I'll develop yeah. a game plan for you. Roadmap. Or I'll develop a strategy for you. Mm-hmm. Something. Blueprint. Growth plan. Something. Like, yeah. Blueprint. Yeah, yeah. Something Some, like that. Something, something that, something that, shows them the solution not just what preston said here's everything that's wrong with what you're doing yeah so i know we're, we're kind of almost out of time i have one more question if you guys if it's okay yeah um, honest, man. So, so much of like like i said I, I love the seo i love the teaching element but i am a generalist i can do just about anything when it comes to marketing besides design um and so i guess how much how much should i be willing to compromise and taking on those types of clients, like the one I have now, the retainer, where I'm doing a little bit of everything um, in order to get my foot in the door, in order to hit my revenue numbers versus really leaning into my my unique proposition, my my the you know my unique you angle. You want to do those things? SEO. I like doing them. It's just I don't want to do – I don't want to just become like a basically a one-man marketing agency though. Do you love doing mm. them? No. Yeah, you, you don't really want to do them, it sounds like. And to me, this is the same as the charging, like the billing issue. Your business mm-hmm. is super young. If you need it to make ends meet and to stay in business, then do it with an exit strategy, right? Do yeah. it for six months and be done with it. Mm-hmm. Um, other, or or if you think this other thing can take off or if it starts to show signs that it's taking off, then ju- then just skip all that other stuff altogether. Um this is this is like classic very young young freelance business though right it's like should i charge mm-hmm. less should i just take whatever what kind of clients should i take and it's like look if you need to do it to stay in business clay and i are not here to tell you don't take a job just because it doesn't <laughs> yeah. fit your perfect yeah. ideal niche right um if you need the money you need the money to stay in business so mm-hmm. but if you don't enjoy doing it yeah i'd say get away from it as as quickly as you can replacing it with other stuff you do enjoy yeah, assuming yeah. That, assuming you you are making enough money to pay the bills and pay yourself, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Yeah. That's a statement that every entrepreneur should repeat to themselves, even even seasoned entrepreneurs. Because there's always going to be money opportunities even past startup. Right. You know? And just because you can do it doesn't mean you ought to. And I should say too, I'm, I'm in I'm in a pretty good shape. I'm not anywhere close to desperate or anything. And and luckily, I've got that podcast revenue that gets me basically halfway to where I need to be each month. So the rest is just is just building, um, mm-hmm. which is very you know very fortunate place to be. If you're fine financially, yeah, so. I <clears throat> I wouldn't do it because we just had somebody on the podcast who. Uh, I forgot her name, Preston. It was last week, I think. Um, I'll look it up. Yeah, who 
again, startup mode, you know, she just kind of like took on whatever she could to pay the bills, which is totally okay. Here's what happened though. Uh, a year later, so she, this is her second time to come on. Oh, you're talking about Morgan. Yeah, yeah, Morgan. Morgan Messick. This yeah. this was her second time to come on. Guess what? Guess what happened? Her reputation. So she she started taking on social media clients, mm-hmm. managing social media. Her passion is writing, which is funny because like that's what you don't want to do. Ironically, um, her passion <laughs> is writing, and. When we had her on the call last week, she was like, I, I want to, how do I get back to writing? I don't want to be doing social media, but guess what happened? Her reputation is now all about social media. That's what she's known for. And so now she's like, it's cool. She's got employees. She's grown, you know, like she's got retainer clients. People are coming to her like inbound for social media, not her passion. Um, so now she's like trying to figure out how to divert and get, bring her passion back in. It's a good problem to have. Right. Um, but what I'm saying is, is like, if you can financially do it, like if you're financially comfortable, then stick to your, stick to what you're passionate about and what you actually love yeah. doing. Cause then you don't have to unwind it later. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's a good point. Well, Tim, this has been a lot of fun, man. Um, I love talking to people at this stage in their business. There's just so much. Like the the world is your oyster right now. It's an exciting time to be in business. Um, glad things are going well. Why don't you let everyone know where they can connect with you really quickly, and then we'll sign off. Yeah, my, uh, my name is Tim Wurzberger. You can find me on Instagram at twurzberger um, or listen to my podcast, Dropping the Gloves. It's a hockey-related podcast. And I just want to say, guys, um, thank you for putting on the show. It's just been so great. And since I discovered it earlier this summer, I think I stopped listening to music for like two weeks because I was just just binging every episode of this. <laughs> nice. Um, and I don't know that I would have taken the leap without um, just the excitement I got from listening to you guys. So I really appreciate it. Love it. Thanks wow, for listening. man. You have no idea how yeah. much that means to us. Um, we have a blast doing this podcast. And... And it's so fun when people like you, Tim, come on and, and say things like that, that, that we're just helping in our own small way for you to do something really awesome. So keep up the good work, man. Hopefully we can check back in in another six or 12 months and and hear how it's gone for you. For now, I have been Preston with Milo.co and, of course, Clay from GetDripify.com. Thank you so much, you guys. We'll talk to you next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of Freelance to Founder, a collaboration between Milo, Dripify, and the Poglomerate. You can find links to my business, Milo, Clay's business, Dripify, and of course, our podcasting partner, The Podglomerate, all in the description of this episode. Remember to call in for your own episode at freelancetofounder.com. A very special thank you to the members of the Milo and Podglomerate teams who work behind the scenes to make this production possible. To stream past episodes, visit freelancetofounder.com or search Freelance to Founder wherever you get your podcasts. And that's it for now. Until next time, see ya. We will see you guys on the next episode of Freelance to Founder.